All right, going to be getting into the Thursday night showdown picks here with the Seattle Seahawks versus the San Francisco 49ers. Look to extend our showdown streak from last week. Went three for three last week. Hopefully we can start the week off on the right foot. So let's get into the picks. Just a reminder, if you guys enjoyed the coverage, make sure to give a like and subscribe. That helps me be able to put out more content for you guys. So let's start out with the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, they are all a little bit banged up. Okay, Christian McCaffrey most likely going to play. Christian McCaffrey went off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and really helped my week last week because he was one of the running back plays that I felt comfortable paying up for, even given the match with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just given his role and how he's looked. Okay. The weird thing was he only got three targets. The game was basically a blowout right away though. So we like to see that looked really good. We'd like to see that with Debo Samuel sitting, we probably can see a few more receptions going CMC's way. He's going to be locked into 70 plus uh, percent of the snaps as well, even though Jordan Mason has looked good. But yes, he should get around 20 opportunities in this game and they should be valuable touches. The question is, do we want to play him in the captain spot or can you? And I think we can. I'll show you guys how to do that. So obviously with Debo Samuel out, that's going to open up some value on this slate. Now, Jawan Jennings is much more of a natural replacement for Brandon Ayuk skill set wise, but also it wouldn't be surprising to see the offensive dynamic shift a little bit in their scheme, or you're going to see CMC get more of the Debo Samuel role, or potentially maybe Kyle Juszczyk or George Kittle get some more manufactured touches that Debo Samuel would typically have. Jawan Jennings should be in for more snaps, probably going to be in for around 70% of the snaps. At his current price point, he is very cheap. He is a very strong price point play. We can basically lock in four targets for him and probably around five DK points. Okay. And at this price point, that's highly intriguing to me. Now the kind of natural replacement for Jawan or for Debo Samuel is more or less Ray Ray McLeod. And he is at a very cheap price point for a guy that could easily step in and play 50% in the snaps. Now it's tough to say exactly how the snaps will be allocated in this game because the game was such a blowout. Okay. Ray Ray McLeod played in 44% of the snaps, which is actually more than Jawan Jennings, but we saw Jawan Jennings actually playing in more snaps than Ray Ray McLeod prior to that. So it, it should go, you know, packing order for receivers, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, and then below that, Ray Ray McLeod. I also do want to point out Danny Gray, who did play a lot of snaps last week, but I could see him having a couple of kind of design plays where he's a big speed guy. Okay. He's a deep threat. I could see them literally putting him on the field for, I don't know, let's say 10, 10 snaps and getting him like two deep shots. Okay. He has been playing a little bit more frequently, not something you're depending on, not something you're going out of your way to play, but could be a lucky play, a luck base play. And I did mention Kyle Juszczyk. It wouldn't be surprising to see him get a couple of manufactured touches in this game as well with Debo out. Then I will say like George Kittle, it's it's just such a strange price point because he was like 4.1 last week on the main slate. And now he's priced up pretty high on this showdown slate. I think that's a lot of name value, but also people are probably thinking, all right, yes, Debo Samuels out. He is going to get some more manufactured touches. Did have 6.8 DK points last week. Did have five targets. I mean, he is on the field a ton. It's just like he should be having bigger games. It's just so strange. And maybe with Debo out, he should become like the number one passing weapon besides CMC. So it wouldn't be shocking to see him have a great game. And this is kind of my biggest make or break point on the slate is that I have not been able to end up on George Kittle. Brandon Ayuk, I kind of do expect him to struggle. So he's not someone I'm going out of my way to play. Brock Purdy, I don't want to play as well. So moving on to Seattle, it's pretty simple. You want to play Tyler Lockett and you want to play DK Metcalf. It's as simple as that. They're just getting so many targets playing in over 90% of the snaps. Uh, they should be able to go out and have a great game. Okay. It's as simple as that. Just plug and play them. From there, what should you do? Well, Marquis Goodwin certainly could be a good play. He has had these upside games. Like last week was not too shocking. Okay. Like if you are playing in a season long league and potentially like Marquis 
good one is on your waiver wire and you're going against Geno Smith, you have a poor flex, like it kind of makes a little bit of sense to play Marquise Goodwin in your flex because if Geno Smith throws a touchdown or has a good game, that could potentially be because of Marquise Goodwin. Like I don't hate that. For DFS purposes, I don't know if I can trust him. He is much more of a big play guy, and it wouldn't be surprising to see you know, him in a lot of three receiver sets, like 70% of the snaps. That would not be shocking. It's just that is a hope and pray play. You're trying to get lucky. Okay. So for like a cash build, not someone I would want to end up on in GPPs, you can end up on him. Now, yes, this matchup with the Niners is a tough matchup. Okay, but we have seen Kenneth Walker go out and have some decent games against tougher matchups. The Bucks, 13.2 DK points. The Giants, 12.2 DK points. And if we can get Kenneth Walker playing like 80 to 90% of the snaps while commanding, let's just say, 18 opportunities while getting some you know receptions that is tough to pass up on it's just a 7.6 for a starting running back that we can project to get over 15 opportunities and over 80 percent of the snaps even with the matchup being difficult it's super tough not to play kenneth walker i just feel like we have to i feel like they're forcing our hand with that price point then from there sure could you play noah fant could you play will disley you could they're playing about 50 percent of the snaps each fant playing a little bit more but that's why he's priced up a little bit more. Nothing really there. I don't think we need to play either of them. I will say I do like both the kickers, honestly. Like I feel like this game script will be one in which the offenses will be able to move the ball down the field. But I also think they're going to be settling for field goals. Like it wouldn't be shocking to see each team like get two to three field goal attempts in this game. And it's just whether or not the kickers make them and where they're coming from. So I will say there is a path to which I would feel very comfortable like subbing out Jawan Jennings for one of the kickers, okay? And I will be doing that in some GPPs, trying to capture that upside. So for me to close out this build, it's kind of simple. Like we have 1.5 left over. I'm fine putting Ray Ray McLeod into that and hoping that he gets, you know, a couple of manufactured touches. Hopefully he does play about 40% of the snaps. Like I am perfectly fine with this build. We're getting CMC, who should be the top scorer on the site. Then we're getting the next three top scores. And then we're getting a very strong price point play in Kenneth Walker. And Jawan Jennings is right there as well. Like this is a pretty solid build on paper. It is kind of an uglier slate, but that's me trying to build an optimal lineup. Now, let's go ahead and switch it up just slightly. And Geno Smith, like I don't think we need to play him. Obviously, game stacks, you can play him. Uh, not someone I'm particularly going out of my way to play, though. And kind of my favorite approach with George Kittle this week is going to be the same approach that I had with him a couple of slates ago where he was on a, um, on a showdown slate, where if I am playing George Kittle, I do want to play him in the captain spot because like if Kyle Shanahan designs somewhat of the game around him, that's huge. And obviously if he doesn't, then he's not going to be in Paul involved in the passing game. And thus he probably shouldn't be in your flex. So if the game plan is somewhat designed around George Kittle, then you play him in the captain spot. Okay. This is a GPP approach that I like a lot because it should be more unique. Then obviously you couldn't fit Kenneth Walker into a build, unfortunately, but you could go Jawan Jennings, you could go Will Disley, like that's a perfectly logical build process. Maybe go Robbie Gold instead, you could still go Will Disley, I'm fine with that, or once again, Ray Raven Cloud. Okay, there's lots of ways to kind of still be unique while also chasing the upside with the week that we have. You know, I do feel pretty comfortable about the lineup process, but at the same time, like doing well last week, cashing three straight showdown slates while not really being impacted by the injuries, that is somewhat luck-based, honestly. I mean, yes, I was on Stevenson, he got injured, but for it not to really impact it at all, like guys, this is DFS, this is like natural like regression, okay? Stuff happens, I like the lineup process, I'm not saying it's guaranteed, okay? That's pretty much just what what I want to say. Want to always have the proper expectations heading into a slate. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. Let's have a good slate. And as always, let's keep cashing.